Welcome back to another episode of Important Miscellaneous Talks. I am your host, Glasser Crossfield, and I'm and I am the average height of an NBA player. And today we have a very special guest with us today. Please introduce yourself. I am the dog daddy. <laughs> how'd you how'd you come up with that name? Um I mean it was just very fitting because everything about me involves dogs. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a professional dog trainer. I have always had a whole pack of dogs and I wanted something that was catchy and unique. Um, it took a, many years um, to come up with something and I don't know, I, one day I was just like thinking of names and since I'm kind of like the dog daddy, since I have always just had all these dogs and, you know, just dedicated my whole life to dogs it clicked and ever since then um i became known as the dog daddy um weird question have you ever been called that in the bedroom um not uh maybe <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> now that- I, mean, I, I do get a lot of uh of message uh, one second. Okay, I had an, uh, something on my screen. Um, I do get a lot of messages um, of people that want to do that. <laughs> now, next time when someone calls from that in the bedroom, now he's going to be thinking of you. So that's going to make it super awkward. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what, what interested you into getting into this field? But it was very natural. Um, I always had an interest in working with dogs uh, growing up, like literally from crawling. I would always be going up to the dogs and trying to work with them. Um, and it was always there. My family actually always tried to get me out of it. Uh, growing up in Brazil, they did not see a future, you know, working with dogs because dog training wasn't a big thing there. Um, so they always thought it was just a distraction. So actually I had to work very hard to kind of like continue to do what I, like my passion is, but yeah, it just, I don't know. Honestly, it, my family just had normal, like a couple of dogs at home. So nothing, you know, that they had a lot of dogs or anything, but I, I was always like drawn to them. I always find it interesting when someone has the ability to popularize something that most don't necessarily think of when you think of trendy things to do and dog training is one of them i on paper i wouldn't think that you would be able to grow this large brand just by dog training so what were some of the things that you were able to do to help grow your brand um i mean honestly like i said because it, it started so organically i was drawn to working with dogs and i became very really good doing so by practicing you know, so when I was growing up, since that's the only thing that I like to do, I would instinctively just try to communicate with the dogs and get them to respond to me. Um, and over time, I became really good at it. So it was really easy to get people's attention by demonstrating my work. And at first, you know, in Brazil, it was kind of like people would notice it, but the reaction was very different. Um, but I think naturally i don't know why i i just didn't mind like being known as this crazy dog guy you know i was like 
10, nine years old and I would be walking around with a bunch of dogs. Um, I enjoyed that type of attention because anything that involves like, I feel like um, recognizing that I was good at working with, with the dogs. It was like something that I enjoyed. Uh, but again, there was no, like nothing, no indication of I can have a career. No one ever said to me, um, you know, you're going to do something huge with this one day and you're going to be able to grow a brand or whatever, have your own business. Like that was never a thing at all. And after moving to the U.S., um, back to the U.S. and getting my first dog, I had the same type of reaction of people like, oh, my God, that's amazing. How would you get a dog to do that? And but the difference was that they would always say, like, you know, help me with my dog. I wish my dog could be like yours. And and then the more I started to demonstrate my work, the more people were asking for help. And one thing that I then what I what I finally was able to see is that what I was able to do with dogs was actually really impressive to people here because they treated dogs more like part of the family. And so anything that involved like having obedient dogs that can be in your house with you and be a part of your family and kind of go places with you, the more under control the dogs were, the more impressive it was to them and the more they wanted you to help them achieve the same thing because it would be beneficial to them to have obedient dogs. So I didn't have that in Brazil. And so the more I saw that, the more it pushed me to kind of like put myself out there. So at first I never cared about social media because I was always the last person to, you know, get on social media. So my sis, like when Facebook first started, like I, I never cared to be on there. I just cared to be working with dogs. But what I would, what I would do instead is just take the dogs for walks every day. I would, I would spend hours at the dog park, just demonstrating my work. You know, basically what I'm doing now on social media, but I was just doing it in person. Um, I would go out to the park and every day there was more and more people. And then people started photographing me and, and putting it on their social media. Um, the news had started, you know, started to notice. Uh, I was, I, I, I want to say, I don't know why, like I said, I just, I genuinely, genuinely liked the attention because it was something that I'm really, really passionate about. So anything, just going out there with like five, six dogs and having them be really obedient and then having people all kind of like want to talk to me and talk about the dogs. And that was like really entertaining to me. So it was really easy for me to do. And people started their news because the dogs, you know, obedient. And I would always try to do more and more and more. So then eventually I started training the dogs to all walk off leash and to all obey at the same time. And then... Um, my friends convinced me to post a little bit on social media. And I, this was, you know, years ago and I posted some videos and for someone that had no social media before, like immediately I would have like 20,000 views, which was a lot, you know, back then with like, with not having a following or anything. And, but I never, honestly, it just took me a long time. Let's just say it took me years to really think, okay, I can actually utilize social media to grow this and like to do what I do in person. Everywhere I went with my dogs in person, it was always like this craziness of people stopping the cars, wanted to get to know me, taking pictures. And I was a nobody, like no one knew who I was, but they just wanted, they were just curious and interested because of how the dogs listened. So when I started, so on social media, like I would get attention, but I never really, really actually stopped to think I can, you know, turn this into something much bigger. So that went on for years. And then after so many people continued to tell me like, you know, we, like you have to charge more, you have to like show yourself out more. Um, 
I started to post a little bit more. And over time, I started to like learn to be consistent. And, you know, now I like know the power of social media to put my work out there. Um, trying to be unique. I always like to, I, I, as a person, I don't like to be boring. I like to kind of like stand out. You know, I don't want to be like the everyday person. So I just combine that with my dog training. So a lot of times, like when people look at me, um, I was just you know flying here, like I said, this morning. And um, I have a, a friend flying with me, we're holding the camera and everybody thinks that I'm like, I do music or I'm on TV. Like they don't think dog training, no one thinks dog training. And, but that really helps draw a lot of attention towards me. So one thing that I learned is, is standing out and then being confident because like after years of doing what I do, knowing that I'm good at what I do, having the feedback that I have, it gives me confidence to, I get to be whoever I want to be, you know, dress however I want. Um, and it's to know that I'm really good at what I do. So I think when you combine those things, it's very attractive to people. And so it, draw, it, it draws attention and people are curious about you and they want to get to know who you are, uh, whether it's through videos or in person. I feel like I have to always be like representing, you know, my brand and what I stand for um, because it's the proof is there. Like I can be walking through an airport and someone will say they want to know who I am. They have no idea who I am, but they want to know who I am. You know, um, and again, when and then when they see me working with a dog, they're like, "Wow!" Like they couldn't even they knew they they knew I was somebody, but they didn't they could never guess like true dog training. But then combining that, so now when they see that, they tell their friends like they they feel they feel like they want to tell their friends about it. You know, especially if they need dog training because think about it, they have competition. There's like probably, you know, there's thousands of dog trainers everywhere. Anyone can call themselves a dog trainer. So for me, talking about dog training in particular, it was really important to stand out because I'm traveling, like I'm every weekend, I'm in a different city training hundreds of new dogs because people want to work with me. They, you know, they have other options, but a lot of the clients that actually come to me, they specifically want to work with me for many reasons, you know, again, being good at what I do, obviously, um, but also standing out is huge to grow because otherwise I'll just be one of just other trainers. And even if I, it doesn't matter how good I would be, I feel like people wouldn't know that because they would just overlook, you know, it's just like there's thousands of trainers. So what's different about this guy? It would be harder for me to like yeah. become known if I was blending me in. So it seems you, you had a lot of confidence and belief in yourself before anybody else did. So with this success, because like you said in, in Colombia, and I'm sorry, in Brazil, <clears throat> it was it was something that wasn't common, it wasn't popularized. So when that level of success came, did people charge did people change up or switch up? You know, the, the very people that probably told you, you know, you should be doing something else or this is a waste of time, but you kept going at it and it brought you to this point. Did people then switch up when they saw your success? Oh yeah, I feel like definitely. Um, you know, I feel like not necessarily in Brazil because they, I, I, I actually had more troubles after I moved to the US. Um, in Brazil, I had like, I just didn't have something to look forward to and I had my family telling me now. But actually, when I moved here, I became pretty 
like I grew pretty fast to like someone that, you know, a nobody, I was learning English, I was uh, 18 years old and just brand new, but I was already way more popular than all the other trainers, like immediately by just, you know, going out with my dogs. That draw a lot of attention. And so it also got a lot of people telling me that, you know, I can't know what I'm doing because I'm too young or like just, just being doubtful and kind of like looking for something to be wrong. And because it was competition and I was getting so much positive feedback, I actually had more of those people like telling me no. And I feel like, you know, some people who were just doubtful, um, I think that's what you're asking. Like they definitely have, a lot of people have come back like and try to, you know, reconnect um, and pretend that they were friends and they were there and they love me and they're like, they're so happy that I'm doing well. Um, but when this one, you know, you know, it's those people that they, they didn't really care, you know, they're just like random people. Uh, and as far as a lot of the people that who actually told me no and were against me um, because, you know, it was just very kind of like new and very much in your face type of thing. Uh, a lot of them have come around and trying to um, to befriend me and like want to work together. And, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Some, some people you can forgive, other people you just got to move on. Mm, that's a right there. That's so what would you say are some of the the best tactics for training your dog? <clears throat> the best I always tell my clients this and anybody this the first step is to learn about dogs to begin with. Um, anyone can train obedience. I mean, I can teach you how to teach a dog to sit, but what if your dog tries to bite you when you try to get them to sit? You know, then you have to address that. What if your dog is afraid of some things when you're trying to get them to sit? Like, there's just so many variables. Um, you can learn to be the best dog trainer, but you're like with one dog, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the best dog trainer with every other dog, unless you really understand dogs. If you start to pay attention to body language and really know what your dog is thinking, how they're feeling, so you can adjust and adapt to what, how, what they need from you, if you cannot do that, you're not going to be very successful with dog training. Um, you know, there's so many different fields of dog training, so many different types of training that you can do. And I feel like some people are actually really successful in some areas, but if they were to handle you a dog that they don't know, if you're, so to, you know, if you're to handle them a dog that they don't know and tell them here, do something with this dog, they will be lost with a dog that they didn't get to raise, you know, from puppyhood and raised in a way that how they are trained to do, how the person is trained to do. Uh, so the bottom line would be getting to understand your dog. And then as far as methods, it's balanced training. You know, you want to, again, if you understand your dog, you know when they need to be reordered for something and when they need to be corrected for something. There's many different techniques to correct a dog, just like there is to reward a dog. Those are things that you have to learn uh, and in, anyone can learn. But if you don't understand your dog, you never will know the right time to correct, the right time to reward and the balance in between. Got you. So what are some of the things that that you do to calm down a very aggressive and upset dog? Because I got some dogs in my neighborhood that have been terrorizing me for years. <laughs> well, so the first step is basically getting the dog under control. So that's physical corrections that doesn't have to be harsh. You know, it doesn't have to hurt the dog. But it's basically the dog getting to understand that all those behaviors that they are showing 
to get basically a lot of them are afraid of you so they become defensive and over time they act way more aggressive and they are in that state of mind where they feel like they are ready to go and deliver a bite because they just practiced their mentality for a very long time but in reality it comes down from them not knowing what to do in that situation when they see a stranger they feel threatened and there can be many different reasons for that so the first step would be to get the dog to understand that whoever is handling them, whoever is responsible for them, will take the actions necessary to keep them safe and to deal with the situation so the dog does not have to do it themselves. And so they, the dog is only going to feel that they can leave it up to you to do it if you're firm enough where when they try to be defensive, you're telling them, no, stop it. Like, I got it. I got it. You know, I can handle this. If you don't give them that impression, then whenever they feel vulnerable, or threatened, they become defensive and they become aggressive. So any dog that is like, or even if they're not aggressive, maybe they're really like rambunctious and out of control, they're bouncing around and you're trying to get their attention, but they don't pay attention to you. You need to learn to get their attention first. And there's techniques again with pressure, there's controlled pressure that it won't hurt the dog, but will get their attention. So you can always try with treats or a ball, but what, what when the dog decides to completely ignore that, and then they are bouncing around on the leash and jumping and jumping on everybody, jumping on elderly people and little kids. And again, even if they're not aggressive, they can cause a lot of problems just by behaving that way. So I would like to go and address it right to the root of the problem, which is telling the dog that they need to stop that behavior immediately. Once they settle down a little bit, you can follow up with guidance, instructions on what you expect them to do instead. That's when obedience would kick in. If you're only doing positive reinforcement, like giving them treats and food and toys but they ignore that they're kind of deciding when they behave and when they don't you know and i feel like to fit in society with all the different variables that we're going to run into every day with your dog if they are not equipped to deal with those situations knowing that you're in charge of it you basically have unpredictable dogs they don't know what to expect from them any given day i truly wonder uh, have any dogs ever bitten you I mean, I have gotten bit, nothing severe. Uh, I have gotten bitten, you know, a few times. I work, I work under a lot of pressure. So a lot of my classes, like I'm, you know, I'm doing this weekend, for example, there will be a minimum of 10 dogs all the way to 30 dogs in a single training session that I have never met before. I have never met these owners before and they are all out of control. Like the majority of them have aggressive behaviors. They are very stressed out and agitated because they, a lot of them, they don't even come out of the house. Um, so with that being said, I'm putting myself in that mess and trying to handle them. And a lot of times they'll get bit because the owners don't know how to handle the dog. Obviously, that's why they're there. And so even the little process of me like trying to take you know, control of the situation to help them and also paying attention to my surroundings there's a, a chance of me getting bitten, but I, there's no one else doing what I do. So the percentage of time that I would get bit is like very small. No one else is putting themselves in between, you know, this many aggressive dogs on a regular basis to be able to say, I get bit like, you know, a few times a year, very minimal bites. I mean, I never needed stitches or go to the hospital or anything like literally my hand and a little, a little nip here and there will obviously happen. Talk about your most difficult case when dealing with a dog and what did you do in that situation? Um, again, I, the majority of dogs that come to me, they are very stressed out. They have gotten away with bad behaviors for a very long time. Uh, the owners, 
don't have any idea on how to deal with these dogs. Sometimes they have isolated them for many years at home. And then they finally see my videos and they, they find hope again. So now they're dragging these dogs out of the house to be trained after years of no training and the dog being aggressive and just isolated. So I'm dealing with, you know, a lot of um, backup, like bad, bad habits. Uh, and some of them can be pretty stressful to deal with just because the dogs are older and getting away with it, with it for so long and they're so determined that the way that they are currently behaving is the only way. So when you try to address it, they are more stressed out and fighting back. Um, and the biggest trouble is I, I get the dog under control, but then the owner has to reinforce it. So when they're dealing with that much intensity of stress and anxiety and the dog just completely like uh, you know completely unstable um and i know what i'm doing so even then i know what i'm doing it's 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 still not easy it's still not you know as smooth as like you you would want it to be but then i have to handle the dog back to the owner and say okay now do what i just did and then it's a matter of getting them to practice so i would feel i feel more confident of course in my ability to handle these dogs and make amazing progress with them more so than giving them back to the owners uh, I do, I have a really high success rate, even with training the, the owners how to do it. It's a lot of work. I'm told that I'm very patient with a lot of the owners, even more so than the dogs, because, you know, the dogs, I get them to comply pretty quickly, but then they need reinforcement. You're not going to break these years of bad behaviors, which is a habit that they have had for years of repeating that every single time they see a stranger, they become aggressive, for example. Uh, you're not going to just revert that all in one day. I get the dog to start to make huge progress in one single day, but for you to actually change, permanently change the, the dog's behavior, you would need to repeat that every encounter that they have with the triggers that cause you know, them to act the way that they're acting in a negative way. So if I'm not handling these dogs every single time, whoever is handling them needs to learn what to do. A lot of these dogs actually that you see in my videos um, that are really out of control, really, really bad uh, misbehaving. If they were to just remain with me, they would like their behavior would like permanently change. Within a month, they would be different dogs, like all of them. And if they were with me, like every single, I would be able to start doing things with them that they can't do right now immediately from day one. Like the very major, the vast majority of the dogs that I work with. They are currently out of control. If they were handled by me every day, they would be going to the pet stores. They'll be going downtown to walk around. But I know how to handle the dog safely. I know how to make the dogs feel more comfortable in these situations that you know they are uncomfortable in. And training the owners, on the other hand, is a whole nother, it's a whole nother story. You know, again, I I do pretty well, but that's still the biggest struggle is to get them to follow through. I, I never I never thought about that point of view where you have to train the dog and then train the owner to be able to train the dog. So that's pretty interesting. Well, because, you know, training and having a relationship, a good relationship with your dog is based on your lifestyle with your dog. Like it's an it, it is a lifestyle. It's a matter of how you talk to your dog, how you feed your dog, how you, every little interaction with your dog, how you feel around your dog. Um, you know, how good you are with establishing rules and structure for your dog. If you don't know how to do that, you, you get a dog that's more afraid of things, more insecure, uh, they're more 
unstable because they just don't know what to do in you know in any given situation so the owners really need to learn to understand the dog and then how to communicate with the dog otherwise you see, uh... i can get someone can get a dog to behave and give it back to the owner and have some type of like results but you never it's never going to, going to be the same because there's still an animal so like the next day they could start acting a certain way or feeling a certain way you know and if the owner doesn't know how to uh, spot that and work with that then the, the behavior is going to go back they're going to develop they're going to develop different types of negative behaviors because of being again in the same place of being misunderstood if the dogs are misunderstood it, it doesn't matter how much training they have over time they're going to become misbehaving again they say uh, you know a dog is a, a man's best friend so what are the similarities or are there similarities between you know dogs and and, and people like yeah um in what way um based on i guess based on how how you how you would deal with them uh, because, for example, we're all people. I know how to treat a person. Yeah. Um, and then some people may see an animal as less because it's an animal. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's whatever to them. So, um, what like what are the what are the similarities? Should you treat it? Should I treat it like how I treat you or someone else, or? Yeah, I guess that's that's. My I get it. Yeah, so you don't have to treat them like they're less, you know, worthy of love and understanding and patience. But you also have to realize that they function differently. They see things differently. That mentality is completely different. So you have to handle them in a way that makes sense to the dog. So if you're if you're trying to convince your dog that they don't have to fight with another dog that is provoking them on a leash, for example, like you do with a child. Maybe with a, ch- a child, you'll be able to set them down and say, listen, let me tell you something. Like, you don't have to ignore them. They're just jealous of you. You know, you don't have to do it. If you don't, if you ignore them, I'll give you ice cream later. That may work for kids. For the dogs, they need to be, they need to see for themselves. They need to see that you're really meaning what you say. They don't have the ability to really comprehend all these details. Obviously, they're not as evolved as us. So in a sense, you have to realize that they need to see, to believe in one way. The other way is that you have to understand that they also communicate differently. So you don't just, you know, sit down and talk to your dog and tell them and, or even go first and show them, like they need to see you guiding them through their situation. And dogs are very adaptable. So there's many different ways to do this. Of course, you can even do it, you know, just using the leash. But if when you handle the leash and you're in charge of the leash, the dog is going to have that impression that you're in charge of the, of the situation because dogs are very physical with each other. So even the pressure of the leash on them is going to make the dog feel like they should pay attention to you. You know, if you're just holding back, they're going to feel like completely confused. They don't know what to do. Um, they, they are not going to naturally just not pull on the leash, for example. You know, they need you to show them not to pull on the leash. You can't convince them by the same way that you convince a child like to stay. Maybe you can bribe them with something. For kids, you can't do that with dogs. So, the, the, you know, there's, uh, you should treat them with respect and understanding, which is really important actually, 
but you have to know how to communicate with them that is very different than how you'd communicate with a person for the dog to be able to understand. You have to kind of speak their language in a way. They're really adaptable. They learn how to understand us in the way that we communicate, but only to a certain extent. You know, you're not going to get them to be 100% by treating them like a person. Got you. So I think that the average person that doesn't know enough about dogs, I think when they see an aggressive dog, they're oftentimes told to spade or neuter that dog. So is that something that you recommend dog owners do when they have an aggressive dog? Now, so there's many things that people, you know, they, they want the lazy way out. They want the easy solution. Um, there's a lot of um, myth on like what will help a dog in that situation. And, you know, some of just things, it may, it may, it may help in some instances, but in reality, when you have a dog that is just, just completely misbehaving, the majority of the time is just they need more training. They need more structure. Um, you know, people want to put the dogs on medication. They want to neuter them and spay them. Those things won't just make your dog behave. You know, it's actually pretty sad because some people just make that dog, they just make that dog gain a lot of weight. They make those dogs get fat because it will slow the dog down. But that's- Owners do that yeah, I know for a fact of people that do that. I know for a fact, uh, they start to, I don't, I don't know what goes through just people's minds, but I have seen people that just know that the more the dog is bigger, the less active they're going to be. And people do that because they are lazy. They don't really want to do the work that it takes to get an obedient dog that you don't have. I mean, spaying them, neutering them, like I said, that won't even solve the problem. Sometimes people confuse because they don't understand like the different causes of aggression. So if you have two male dogs or two female dogs, they're intact. They have a higher chance of not getting along because they just become more territorial, more dominant with each other. But if your dog is just like trying to bite anything that they see, you know, any dog, they just, they're acting out. That's not because they're fixed or not fixed. You know, that's just, they, again, a lot of the times it becomes from insecurity, but it all comes down from the same thing. They are misunderstood. They don't feel like the owners can understand them and can show them the way. So they become afraid of those situations and then they become defensive and they become very unstable over time. Do, do dogs have anything that triggers them that may have them act out violently? Yeah, I mean, again, the majority of the cases of dogs that are acting aggressive is because they feel misunderstood. They feel very confused on how to act in those situations. So they become defensive. So when dogs don't know how to deal with the situation, they become nervous and they become unstable. And dogs, when they are nervous, their natural instinct is to become defensive, to protect themselves. So if, if they, and there's many different reasons for that, you know, this could be just something psychological that the dog uh, associates people with fear because they weren't socialized. Sometimes they get spooked by someone, like you literally can run towards a puppy and the, dog, the puppy gets scared of you. And now every time they see a man, they're scared of men and they back away, they shy away. And then as they get old a little bit, people don't get close to them. They kind of bark a little bit. They charge at you a little bit and they back off. The next thing you know, they're violently going to, you know, against the leash to get to you because they learned that it worked. If they show aggression, it scares you away. And that aggression came out naturally out of instinct, you know? And think of every other scenario, like you can go, it can be anything. You can be driving, uh, walking your puppy and then a car drives by 
and your puppy just gets scared by the noise. And if you don't, if you do the right thing, you can easily solve that problem instantly. You just correct your dog, tell them, nope, there's nothing to be afraid of here, keep moving. If you let them back away, you pick them up, or you let them bark at the car, any, any of those behaviors will teach the dog that if they do that, that's what's keeping them safe from that car. Now think of any other scenario. It could be all the same thing. It could be skateboards. It could be other dogs barking towards them. It could be people wearing hats. It could be anything, you know? If the dog associates that with something that spooked them and it became scary, it's going to remain scary unless you show them that they don't have to be scared of it. And they only understand if you grab the leash and you literally tell them, let's go. There's nothing to be afraid of here. If you try to sit down, be like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid of it. They don't understand that. They're just going to become more confused, more afraid, and again, more defensive. There's, you know, there's an exception of dogs that have psychological issues as well. Like I have worked with dogs that had um, health concerns, health reasons why they became like that. I usually can identify this by asking the owners questions and kind of really trying to observe the dogs. So I have identified dogs that were um, almost 100% blind. They were just seeing like, you know, things were all really weird for them. And the vets couldn't identify that and the owners couldn't even know that. They, the dog wasn't completely, wow. completely blind. But because of the way that they were looking at me, and I, I'm very in tune with dogs, so I can tell if a dog is just not, not feeling well. Like, you can tell a lot by looking at the eyes, but it takes a lot of experience. And I'll tell them, there's something off with the dog's eyes. Like, there's something weird about how she looks at me. And they had already gone to the vet. The vet's like, no, everything's fine. And they go to a specialist, and then they do further testings, and the dog had, you know, vision problems. That was Basically, this dog was completely fine. And then out of the blue, becomes aggressive towards everybody, just like lunging, going crazy vicious. Because she, again, when she started seeing people with the, when she had problems with the eyes that started later on, not when she was a puppy, she started seeing people all, what uh, the vet explained how she would see them, but basically all moving weird in front of her. It made her scared. And I'm, I wasn't there, but I can just tell you, it's all the same thing. They start with shine away, they back away a little bit. You know, they do a little low growl, people avoid them, people just walk away. Now they learn that if they get scared again, that's what they need to do. And then over time, she became aggressive towards people because she couldn't see people for what, how, we, how she's used to looking at people, you know? And after they did the test, they found out that that was the cause. I mean, I was still able to help through training because it can still teach dogs that they don't have to be afraid of things that they don't understand because you understand it and you can make them feel safe and the dog is still able to recover. But there was no other way for you to convince that dog to be okay because if you don't understand dogs so deeply, then you'd not even know why she's afraid. You just think that she's unpredictable, she's weird, you know, she, like she just decided not to like people. And in reality, that was a, a bigger reason for that. What would you say is your favorite breed of dog, if you have one? Uh, definitely German Shepherds. All, all my dogs, uh, my personal dogs are all German Shepherds. Interesting. Yeah, like uh, the black dogs on my page, they are black German Shepherds. What what made German you German Shepherds? Yeah. What made me like the breed? Yeah. Um, I you know grew up with a lot of mixed breed dogs, and I uh, when I first came across a German Shepherd, I just really liked how they looked, and then I started working with them, and they are the most versatile breed of dog that exists. So. You know, you can basically teach a German Shepherd to do any tasks that other dogs can do. And they are really well put together, really smart, very loyal. They they just look great. And again, they're like that type of dog that you can just do a lot with. Um, 
you know, they like agility, they like water, they like, they can go hunting, they can go hiking, they can live in an apartment. They're pretty mature uh, for the most part. So they're really adaptable, you know, they can live pretty much anywhere and be happy there. Um, and they'd love to work with you. So it's, it, it was, it's hard to think of any other breed that would compare. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned being a dog trainer? Um, I mean, I, I feel, I guess for me in particular, it would be just that you can do whatever you put your mind to, um, and you can, you know, basically create, like there's no limits to what you can create with something that you believe in. Um, and I honestly, it, it's very like empowering to go out and see the change that I can make in like people's lives. So a lot of times as a dog trainer, or if you, for someone to think of a dog trainer, you probably don't think of someone that's actually like making such a huge impact in people's lives. So one thing that I have, you know, learned is again, you can, you can do so much more than like just the basics of it. You know, like the basic, you're teaching a dog to sit and roll over. But again, a lot of times you won't think that uh, I'm actually saving marriages and I'm saving relationships and um, saving the dog's lives because just people cannot keep this dog in the household if they are completely out of control. So I'm making a much bigger impact than just teaching a dog how to do things. You saved marriages before by training a dog? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's people that literally, like, when they call me, the dog doesn't like the husband or the dog doesn't like the wife or the uh -huh. wife came into the relationship with a dog and the husband has a dog and those dogs don't get along. And so it's like they uh -huh. love those dogs so much that, you know, it's like literally in between. I have this dog for five years. I just got married last year. Like, if you know, my husband doesn't want this dog in the house because we had a kid, whatever, it can be so many, I, I do it all the time. I get run into this all the time. So it's like, they tell me, you know, if you cannot help us get the dog under control. And some of them, just people like, it's not that they are just, you know, lazy. They have tried, they have spent money on other trainers. Uh, they have tried, you know, a lot of different things and it's not effective and they are struggling. Like they cannot travel. A lot of these dogs are so aggressive that no one can babysit them. So they can't, I mean, your their kids are getting married or something or someone gets sick and have to be at the hospital and they have this dog at home that no one can help them with. So by being able to solve these problems, it's a lot more than just, I trained that dog how to be obedient. You know, I'm actually like really saving these people's lives. Because it's either that or they cannot keep the dog or they're just living a horrible life, uh, stuck at home, not being able to do anything because of just dogs. Do you think it's sometimes a bit unhealthy seeing people's attachment over their dogs? Like it's literally your whole livelihood. It's like their dog or nothing. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this. I, I like to be very transparent and like open and um, and I, I guess uh, kind of like just be, you know, pretty real sometimes. Some people like to sugarcoat things. I would say that a lot of people, um, they, they have their own emotional needs and they like kind of force it onto their dogs. Like they have the dogs for those reasons. Like they need to feel loved you know, I feel like we all do, but a lot of people have learned to just like depend, they're codependent on the, their dogs for that. Um, when I love my dogs, but like, I don't need like that reassurance for my dog that they love me in order for me to be happy. You know, some people, I feel like they 
they they rely on that like they need that so it actually causes a lot actually like with that same thing too that same thought they cause a lot of behavior issues because they if they don't see the dog excited to see them jumping all over them when they get home they feel like the dog doesn't like them and that hurts their feelings you know because they need that acknowledgement from the dog they need that reassurance from the dog um, and i think it's pretty unhealthy because your dog can be laying down there pretty content to live in this, live in this best life. Um, and you can just know that they like you, you know, like you don't have to, it's just common sense. Like, unless you're abusing your dog, your dog is not going to just not like you, but you don't need to see them all excited, having anxiety almost, which is pretty much what people sometimes need to see. If the dog is not like all over them, then they, they can't be happy, you know, just people. Got you. And my final question, what is something that every human can do to make the lives of dogs easier? Go to learn how to understand dogs before you get the next dog, before you get your first dog or your next dog, before you go to get a dog. If you literally took the time to work with puppies, and bigger dogs and get to know the breed and the type of dog that you're going to get for your family, uh, that would honestly be saving a lot of dogs. Because even with the dogs that I work with, a lot of them, you know, they, the owners never had dogs before. They get a puppy. They don't really realize what a puppy is. They don't know that puppies will do certain things that are very natural. And they, that seems to overwhelm a lot of these people. And they don't know how to train the puppy because they just don't understand them. They didn't really know what they were getting into. If they had spent a good amount of time actually learning and just getting comfortable, sometimes really even just getting comfortable with being around dogs because a lot of times they get a little puppy that is going to grow much bigger and they quickly become overwhelmed by that dog just because it's something that they are not familiar with. They're not comfortable around a dog that is 80 pounds, 100 pounds, you know, excitable that energy alone sometimes is really overwhelming to some people because they didn't take the time to know what a dog is. So I would say take the time to learn dogs, learn how to train dogs, and then do your homework on the type of dog that they're going to get. And then finally go and select the, the perfect one, the perfect individual dog as well, because they're all an individual to make sure you're getting the perfect one to fit your lifestyle. You said interview the dog? Well, yeah. So you should look overall, you should learn about dogs in general, what dog, common things that dogs do, how to handle a dog, how to be around a dog of different sizes. And then when you're ready to actually select a dog, dogs are all different individuals. And where the genetics play a role on how the dog is going to turn out, as well as where the dog is born and how they're raised from day one. So if you don't have a lot of experience with dogs, you have to be really careful, especially on what type of dog you're going to bring into your home. What, what's the energy level of that dog? What are the temperament of that dog? Um, so again, you got to bring in consideration the breed and where they come from, as well as each individual dog. I see. I tell my it's not all going to be like my dogs. You know, my dogs are, they're trained a certain way, but they also are already born a certain way. Um, if I get a German Shepherd that was born in someone's backyard with bad genetics and they didn't get handled properly uh, and they have just been black breed, you know, without any standards, like you're not paying attention to the, the health of the dog and the trainability and all of that, 
that dog is not going to be the same as my dogs when I get one, you know, because all those things play a big role. So no matter how much training you have done, if you don't select the, the right dog for you, you're still not going to be successful with raising them because you don't expect that they're so different. You have to understand that they're very different from each other for all these, all these different things will, you know, play a role in how your dog is going to turn out. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us. Me. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure. He just landed in Tennessee today and still came onto the podcast, man. Make sure you go follow his stuff. Everything will be in the description. Make, you, make sure you subscribe to this channel. And I love you all. See you later.